0: turn in your Bibles to Matthew 17. We're continuing our study of the sayings of Peter, and we're looking at a bunch of different things, selected sayings of Peter. We did not We did the life of Paul, and this is, instead of saying life of Peter, we're actually just looking at different aspects of some of the things that he said and make application. Some of them are famous, and some of them are not as famous. This morning, we're going to see the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus takes Peter, James, and John on top of a mountain, and he changes right in front of them. And what, what does Peter say? Peter said, boy, it's good we're here. That's an understatement, by the way. And then, let's make some booths. What does he mean? Let's make some booths. What is he talking about? And we'll see it. Well, let's talk about this. Big events. People like big events. Uh, uh, let's... let's uh, Let's have a big, let's have a concert. Let's have a big concert. Let's have a big uh, uh, retreat and get a lot of people. Let's bring in a special speaker. Let's do all of these things. Uh, People love it. In fact, when it comes to ministry, a lot of people think ministry's done in the big events. They'll say, let's get, I have people calling me, other pastors calling me and saying, hey, we want to try to get all the churches together to do this rally or to do something. And and we want to bring everybody together. Years ago, some of you were have been here long enough to remember when we brought Louis Palau here. I think nineteen churches went together to bring Luis Palau. I think it cost the churches a hundred thousand dollars to bring him here to speak for four nights is i I know louis I, I know him personally I knew him before he came here those whatever thirty years ago. I knew him before then and When I had known him, he always presented a clear gospel. He came here for four nights, and that did not present a clear gospel until the very last night, which was church night. It was a real disappointment. We spent over $100,000, but everybody said, let's get this big event, get everybody there. There were people who supposedly had made decisions for Christ. You all know that, right? And they gave some names of people who said they'd like to go to our church. So we had those names. And within about six weeks, we never seen another one again. So is ministry done in a big event? No. Ministry is done day to day as each believer is making disciples. We go into this community in the sphere of influence that we have and make disciples touching lives for Jesus Christ. Listen, it's okay to have a retreat. It's okay to bring in a speaker. It's okay to do those things, but we have got to realize those are special events. They're not the ministry. That's not how it happens. It happens when each one of us individually is fulfilling the ministry in the sphere of influence that we have. There are people you can talk to that I can't talk to. And there are people that I can talk to that you can't talk to. And so this is how it works. And so many people think, you know, let's get a big rally. Let's, let's bring in, let's have a, a week revival. And there's nothing wrong with those. I'm just saying that that's not where ministry works. We're going to see it in our passage that they go on top of a mountain. That's a big event. And Peter wants to stay there. <laughs> I mean, and you would too. And we're going to see what happens and see so we'll see how it ties together. Um, <clears throat> you know, this morning, uh, Peter's on the mountain. And he never forgets it. In fact, later on, when Peter writes his letter, he says, I remember on the mountain seeing Jesus as the king in all his glory. Never forgot it. Let's look at Peter's statements we've seen so far. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. We've left all. That was discipleship. Command me to come out to you, walk on the water. Save me when he started drowning. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. That was so impressive because from there, Jesus said, yeah, well, you're the, you know, Peter, you're a little rock and upon a big rock, I'll build my church and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. And we talked about that for several weeks. And then he said, this shall not happen to you. And this is where uh, Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to die and, uh, you know, be turned over, die and rise again. Peter goes, we're not going to let that happen. And we want to say, Peter, you realize what you just said? You're not going to let Jesus die and rise again and pay for the sins of the world. And so this morning we continue to to go. If you notice, look back at um, verse 24 of chapter 16. You're in 17, but look back at verse 24 of chapter 16. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, Whoever loses life for my sake will find it. And it's talking about discipleship. Salvation costs us absolutely nothing. It's a gift, but discipleship costs us our lives. And he's saying here, you want to be a disciple? You must take up your cross and die. Matthew 16, Jesus is telling them. Now listen carefully. He's going to come back in just a minute. What he says here, because we're going to go to chapter 17. And you think now they're at 17, they're on top of the mountain. Has nothing to do with what Jesus just taught. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. If you want to gain your life, you lose your life. If you want to lose your life, you try to live your life and gain it now. As we look at this, we're going to see several things this morning. We're going to see the statement Jesus makes about the kingdom. We're going to see the events and the transfiguration. Jesus is the king. We're going to see Peter's statement and why does he make that statement. And we're going to see God's statement and how we can make our application I think we can do it all this morning. <clears throat> if my voice holds out, we'll do it. Let's look first at the statement that Jesus makes about the kingdom. Notice he has just told them, if you want to come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross. He's talking about discipleship. <clears throat> and then in verse 28, he says, this is chapter 16. Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Well, I mean, that's a powerful statement. He says that he's got these 12 guys with him, and they're on the way to Jerusalem, and in fact, they're on the way to Jerusalem for him to die. He just told them, I'm going to die and rise again. And then he says, some of you are standing here right now, you will not physically die until you see the Son of Man, the Messiah, coming in the kingdom. He says, they'll not taste death. They will not die. There's so much Jesus to How could he say that? I mean, how could he say that? This is, of course, referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he says, some of you will not die till you see me as the king. And we're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We know Jesus died. He rose again. He walked on the earth for 40 days. He ascended into heaven. He has not returned yet for the church. That's the rapture. Then comes the second coming. Now, the second coming had not happened yet. Jesus hadn't come as the king. How could he tell some of these guys that they would see him as the king? We'd say, uh, I mean, they died. They've already died. I mean, if you're talking about right now, has Jesus come as the king? No. Have you seen him come as the king? No. And these guys died way back a long time ago. He says some of them would not die till they saw him. Coming as the king. What in the world is Jesus talking about? We understand that. How could he say these things? That these men will not die until they see Jesus as the king. We know in his first coming, Jesus Christ came in humility to die. At his second coming, Jesus comes in his glory to reign. So let's see what happens. The second event, or the number two, is the event, the transfiguration, Jesus as the king. So look at chapter. 17, look at verse 1. Six days later. Now what has Jesus told them? He told them, I'm going to Jerusalem, die and rise again. He told them that if you want to be my disciple, you got to take up your cross and follow me. He's told them that some of you will not die physically till you see me coming as the king. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter James and John, his brother, <coughs> and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Now, six days later, it takes Peter, James, and John. When you see Peter, James, and John, <coughs> they're called the inner circle because there were different times that Jesus would pick these three men out and they would do things with him. Uh, when he raised the little girl from the dead, 12 years old, he took Peter, James, and John. In the, Garden of Gethsemane, I mean, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's got Peter, James, and John with him. <clears throat> and now, he's got Peter, James, and John with him. The rest of the guys aren't there. Obviously, these are the three that are going to see Jesus coming as the king before they die physically. So what happened? What happened? It says, And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, And his garments became white as light. This is that big, by the way, this is a big event to the Jews. The key in this is the kingdom. (coughs) They were looking for the Messiah to rule in righteousness and justice. And when Jesus says, the kingdom, you're going to see me in the kingdom, they would say, that's a big deal. So he takes them with him. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone, shone like the sun. His garments became white as light. He was changed, transfigured. The Greek word is metamorphose. We get the word metamorphosis from it. Metamorphosis is something changes from one thing to the other. And what they're doing is they're seeing Jesus in his glory as the king of kings and the lord of lords. He's transfigured right in front of them. Um, Notice it says, his garments became white as light one of the other gospels says his garments were so white that no laundry detergent could get him like things." No detergent. Nothing, you could never wash it to get them that white. What's he looking like? Tell me, tell me what you think he's looking like. What's he looking like? Are you afraid to say? He's the king of kings. He's looking like the king, the one who's going to come in righteousness and justice, the one who's coming on the white horse, who's going to judge the world, set up a kingdom, and rule in righteousness and justice. That's what he's looking like. His garment's shown, and, and it's just amazing. You remember the contrast? His first coming, that was humility, to die for us, to, be the su- to suffer, to be a servant. But his second coming is in glory, not humility, but glory, as the king of kings, the Lord of lords, Coming to reign, he'll rule with a rod of iron. You know, always say that the first time Jesus came, he was asking to be the king. The second time he's coming, he's not asking anybody. He's coming as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, you picture your Peter, James, and John. He told already some of the guys, he said, some of you will not die till you see me as the king. And then he takes three guys, Peter, James, and John, and he takes them up on top of a mountain, and right then he changes, and it's so bright they they, they really can't hardly look at him. they're going, "Oh my gracious, He was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, his garments became white as white. I mean, this is really out of this world, and look at the next verse, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Jesus has changed, and he 's so bright and powerful. He's the king. And who's with him? Moses and Elijah. Okay, let's, let's talk for just a second. Let's think about who they are. Moses, is, he died, but Elijah didn't die. Moses is a picture of everybody who dies and ultimately goes in the kingdom. Elijah is a picture of people who don't die and go into the kingdom. That'd be the church when the rapture, come, if the rapture happened today, you would never die physically. And it's the picture of Elijah. He was raptured off the face of the earth. Uh, Moses was raised. He's a picture of the law. Elijah was changed. He's a picture of the prophets. So they're seeing the Old Testament, which was the law and the prophets put together. They're seeing that. Now, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with who? Who are they talking with? Jesus. What are they talking about? Did you like say, let me... Uh, what are y'all talking? I'm just going to get over by the, what are they talking about? We know exactly what they're talking about. It doesn't tell us here, but guess what? In Luke nine thirty one, they spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. You know what they were talking about? He's going to go to Jerusalem. and What's going to happen? He's going to die and rise again and ascend to heaven. That's what they're talking about. Now, Matthew doesn't tell us, but Luke actually tells us what they're talking about. Now, let me ask you something. Is this a big event? Is this a big event? Seeing the king, is that a big event? Let me ask you a question. When Jesus comes back as the king, and you're coming with him, right? Right? Is that going to be a big event? Yeah, it's going to be a pretty big deal. Now, in the kingdom... Is most of the work over with? And I'm not talking about us serving, but the whole battle and all that. Most of it's over with. So watch this. And there appeared Moses and Elijah. Oh, by the way, how did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Do you think, name tags. Hi, I'm Moses. Yeah, you're, you're, that's Moses. Yeah. I know. What do you think? How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Do you think they got introduced? I don't think they did. In fact, I, don't, I think they're so scared that they never say a word to anybody. In fact, they're so scared Peter's going to talk because he always talks. And then a cloud's going to come over and God's going to come and talk to them. So they're not going up and saying, hello, Mr. Moses. Hello, Mr. Elijah. How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Huh? Do you think... When you get in the kingdom that you'll know people. You'll know everybody. I think you will. Will you know David? When you see him, you'll go, There's David, there's David. There's David right there. Will you know? Will I know my sister who died when she was born? Before four years before I was ever born. Will I know her? You bet I will. I'll go, You're fake Carolyn. And we won't have to ask. We won't say, uh, are we going to hand out name tags or what? What are we going to do, right? We won't do that. They knew it was Moses and Elijah. They probably said, man, Elijah, he looks just like I thought he was going to look. So what's Peter going to say? Here's Peter's seventh statement. And we're going to say, why did he say this? Peter said to Jesus, Lord, It is good for us to be here. (laughs) I think that's so funny. It's good for us to be here. Oh, really? You think it's good? Seeing the king as the kingdom and getting to see Moses and Elijah, you think that's a good thing? Of course. Would you love to see Moses and Elijah? And you could say, Elijah, you did a lot of stuff fired down from heaven. Man, you were amazing. You were amazing. And so he says, wow, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll make three tabernacles. The word tabernacle is a booth. It's like a little dwelling place. I will make three dwelling places here. One for you, <laughs> uh, Jesus, I'll get one for you. And I'll also get one for Moses and one for Elijah. It's good to be here. And let, let's, 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 let's get the tabernacles, these little booths. Let's get these places to stay. And let's get them for Moses and Elijah. Why did he want to build booths? Why did he want to build booths? He wants to stay. Where does Peter want to stay? On top of the mountain. What's the mountain? That's the kingdom, right? That's when Jesus rules. He rules with a rod of iron, and the world's going to be great, and the lion will lay down with the lamb, and everything is going to be fine, and we're going to have glorified bodies and all of this stuff, Right? <laughs> Would you want to stay there? Sure. <clears throat> Peter says, let's stay there. let's stay there. You know, let's get something from Jesus, from Moses, and Elijah. He wanted to stay in the kingdom. See, when you get to the kingdom, works over. That's how he thought about it. Now, we already know that when you get to the kingdom, you're still going to serve. And when you get to the eternal state, you're going to serve. But it's a whole different battle in the kingdom. Because the king of kings and the Lord of lords is there and he rules the world with a rod of iron. And so Peter says, it is really good to be on top of this mountain with Jesus as the king. Let's just do what? Let's stay here. Let's stay here. The work is over. Let me raise this question. Where's ministry done? On the mountain or in the valley? It's in the valley. Where's ministry done? The big event? are day-to-day making disciples. It's not done in big events. Let me just tell you, it's not done in big events. We can have events. We like events. We have men's breakfast. We have men's retreat. We have women's retreats. We have all kinds of different stuff. That's okay. But ministry doesn't happen there. There's an excitement there. There's some training there. But ministry happens day-to-day, moment-by-moment, not on the mountain, which is experiences, but down in the valley where the work is done. And they're on top of the mountain, and Peter says, This is so good. Moses, Elijah, Jesus is king. You know what we ought to do? We just ought to stay right here. There's no sense in doing anything else. Are we on the mountain? Or are we in the valley? We're in the valley. Where's the work done? In the valley. This is where we serve, this is what it's all about. Wow, so watch, watch what happens. Here's God's statement. Verse five, while he was speaking, this is while Peter once again is speaking. Now remember, he did real good. You're the Christ, the son, the living God. He did real bad. We won't let you die. Now he's there and he, I'd say that he's not thinking again and he's saying, let's just stay right here. This is really good. And God comes while Peter's speaking. A bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud. Who could this be? Who is it? God the Father. Watch. How do you know it's the Father? Notice what He says. This is my beloved. What? Son. So who is He? Jesus. Well, but who is speaking? God. The Father. It's Father speaking. This is my beloved Son. He's talking about Jesus. Whom I'm well pleased. Now, let's think about it for just a second. He says, this is my beloved son. Why is he well pleased with Jesus? He's doing the will of the Father. What's the will of the Father? He's going to go to the cross, die, rise again, give eternal life to all who believes. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I've come to do the will of the Father. This is the will of the Father that you might believe in the one who he has sent. By believing, what do you have? Eternal life. That's the plan. Why is the heavenly father pleased with the son? Because he's doing the will of the father. How can you please your heavenly father? Do the will will of the heavenly father. What's his will for you? What? Make what? Exactly. Now, there's other things, but that's the bottom line. Make disciples. So, listen. He's whom I will pleased. And then he says, listen to what he said. Listen to him. Listen to who? Who? Jesus, Jesus, right. So listen to him, what he said. What did Jesus say? Do you remember? He told them to do what? Take up your cross, die to yourself, and be my disciple. That's what he just told them. That's why I said, don't forget what he told them back in in chapter 16. Chapter 16, he says, you want to follow me? Die to yourself. Take up your cross and follow me, and that you'll be my disciple. That's the plan. So when they get on the top of the mountain, and Peter says, let's stay here. Big event. God the Father says, no, this is my son. Listen to what he told you. What did he tell him? Go down in the valley, take up the cross, and follow Jesus. What does he tell us? Stay in the what? The valley, because you're in the valley. And truth, ministry's not done on a mountaintop. That's our experiences. We are not in the kingdom. The work is not over. The work is not over. The work in the ministry is done in the valley. It's done day after day. It's done by each one of you. Now let me, get, let me make sure I'm clear. It's nothing wrong with having a retreat. Nothing wrong with having a speaker come in. Nothing wrong with doing an event. That's okay. But that's not where the ministry is actually done. That may bring some people together. and may get somebody to hear the message that they wouldn't have heard otherwise. But ministry is done as you scatter out from here. Every day with your gifts, talents, and abilities touching lives in this community. We gather for what? Worship and training. We scatter for? Evangelism and service. The ministry is not, the ministry's not even done. I mean, there are people doing ministry. I mean, if you say, I get to teach, that's ministry. People are serving all over this place. So there's ministry done when we gather. But the real ministry of making disciples is when we gather for training and all this and then scatter out in this community. We can't stay on the mountaintop. That's the experiences. I have, a, <clears throat> have some friends that are of a background that um, they want signs and wonders and experiences and um, speaking in languages and doing all this. They want, a, they want a high all the time. And I've talked to them. And one of them says, I have to go to church every Sunday to get up on that high. And I said, Well, I'm pretty much low every day. <laughs> I don't have a high like that. You know, because experiences, listen, we don't do we don't live in the experiences. We do ministry day after day after day. It's faithfulness. It's good to have experiences, but realize ministry is done day after day after day. How are you gonna do ministry? You're gonna use your gifts, your talents, your abilities, you're gonna be trained and equipped. And then you're going to scatter in this community to make disciples. That's how ministry is done, and it's done daily. Big events are fine, but that's not where the ministry is done. Peter says, wow, it's great to be here in the kingdom. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It is great to see the king. It's great to see Moses and Elijah. It's a great time with the king. Hey, let's just stay here. No, got to go down to the valley. It's not over with. Jesus hadn't finished his work. He got to go die. He just told him, I'm going to Jerusalem to die. Peter's actually saying, let's just stay up here. And saying, no. Peter, hello, you got to get this one. And by the way, I said earlier, Peter never forgot it. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 18, Peter says, we saw his majesty on the mountain. And he never forgot it. But he goes on to say, but the real work comes later, not on the mountain. So let me give you some applications before we break. Let's seek to be faithful to serve God day by day. That's really where it is, isn't it? The key to ministry is what? Faithfulness. It is. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for honor, for somebody that's honored or famous or anything. He's saying, all I'm looking for faithful people. That's all I'm looking for. The goal is to glorify God in our lives and in our ministries. That's the goal. That in everything we do, Jesus Christ gets all the glory. And look at this. Ministry is done in the valley, not on the mountaintop. Um, you know that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians and there were people... Claiming they were super apostles and that uh, they were ruling with Christ already. And Paul writes them and says, Man, I wish that was true because then I'd be ruling with you. But there's still work to be done here. Ministry's done in the valley, not on the mountain. Let's look forward to Jesus coming. His first time, he's coming as the king, first time he came, humility to die, the second time he's coming in power. And glory to rule as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Can you imagine seeing Jesus as the King on this earth? They saw him. He said, Some of you won't die till you see me coming as the King. And sure enough, six days later, they saw him. And of course, Peter went, Let's just stay here. Sounds great to me. Moses and Elijah said, Excuse us, we're talking over here. You know, we're talking about what he's about to do. He's about to go die and pay for the sins of mankind and rise again. That's what they were talking about. Moses, Elijah, they talked to Jesus. Did um, did Jesus ever talk to Abraham? Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He rejoiced to be with me. Where's the, where's the ministry done? It's done in the valley. And let's look forward to Jesus coming as the king. Now, we already know, and I didn't put the chart up. We already know the next event is not Jesus coming as the king. It's Jesus coming in the clouds. He's going to take us out seven years after the, there'll be tribulation. And then Jesus comes as the king. And then we could say to Peter, it's now time. It's now time.